Previously on Funny Science Fiction. <laughs> one moment you're fine, and the next minute there's just a gnome going up where a gnome is. <laughs> Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Hi, I'm Drayton Allen, and this is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, where none of our videos will ever go viral, but they'll still give you the symptoms. Brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Remember, it hasn't happened yet, but someday we'll explore space and the brave men and women who wear the red shirts will be brutally murdered by hostile aliens or killed by stupid engineering mistakes based on bad science. Imagine the comfort you'll give crewman number seven, knowing that when he puts on that red shirt and gets seen <laughs> by the hideous lizard alien thingy on Janus 7, 19 minutes into episode 28, that he didn't leave his family destitute. So please remember to give. This week, we'll be voicing an interview with voiceover master extraordinaire, Keith Silverstein, who is known for his voice work in movies like Captain Gantu from Lilo and Stitch, video games like Torbjorn from Overwatch, and the word on the street says that you are also Ziggy the Rapping Zebrasaurus. Thank you for being on our podcast, and we hope that it won't be a career disaster like it was for us. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. Oh, we're very glad to have you here. Happy to be here. Z Ziggy the rapping Zebrasaurus himself. <laughs> are, you, are you guys big I'm... Sesame Street fans? Well, I showed it to my daughter. She loved it. <laughs> nice. So good work. Excellent. Succeeded. Excellent. Back so... in the day when my kids were younger, it was that was pretty big in the house. But um, thirteen, they kind of lost interest. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I make sure my daughters see everything that I do that is appropriate for them. That way they'll just think uh, I was all over the place doing all kinds. Of, I was on every show. <laughs> there you go. They have no control yet. They're too young. So, <laughs> so I have a, our starting question here. It's one that's much debated, Ooh. probably even a touchy subject. Who knows? But maybe Torbjorn knows. Um, so why don't you buy the pig while it's still in the bag and why should you not get caught with your beard in a letterbox <laughs> people always underestimate the engineers build them up pray come down <laughs> well you, you can't well, my day is done i'm good <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy the pig in the bag you, you've got to check the pig you've got to look at it check its teeth make sure it's healthy that sort of thing. Um, and people have lots of different ideas about getting your beard caught in the letterbox. I always thought it, I didn't look it up. I always thought it was more like pay attention to what you're doing, even the simple tasks, even the menial jobs, you know, but somebody, somebody brought something else up once that I, I can't remember now, but it made sense. I was like, huh. So if you guys have uh, ideas of what you think, don't get your beard <laughs> caught in the letterboxes. I mean, let well, me know. Well, I would think, you know, especially for a little person, um, you know, when you go to put a letter in the in the post box back in the oh. old days, they were on a post mm -hmm. and they were a little box and they had a flap, metal, heavy metal flap. So if you weren't careful, I would assume that it could get caught in there and be very painful. So so you think it's actually just good advice? <laughs> just good advice. <laughs> like it's just, it's just, just hey guys, be careful. Advice. There is no. If you're small, you know what I mean? Just. Yeah. There is no hidden meaning. <laughs> There's and, nothing uh, deeper. It is just literally, <laughs> hey, this happened to me once. Right, guys. <laughs> and I, be careful. Disclosure here. My uh, my brother-in-law was one of the munchkins in uh, the new uh, Return to Oz. What was it called? The uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, 
So uh, have some experience with being at uh, height, height restrictions. <laughs> right. Advice for the short. Yes. There you go. There we go. That's New podcast. Torbs is all about. There you go. <laughs> so um, speaking of the pig in the bag, uh, you that you obviously must have purchased and later regretted. Um, uh, our admin, Deb, uh, she'd like to know. She's our uh, assistant on the side taking notes. Uh, I personally, and I, I resonated with this question because I have a specific voice I use for all my pets. They're too embarrassing for me to do. But but I have a oh, voice I that I give <laughs> that I give my pets, you know, and stuff. And I only talk to them in that voice. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. What pets do you have? I don't know if you have any pets or ever had pets, but do you give them voices? Do you use a voice with your pets? Well, um, well let me first off ask you, when you say a voice for your pets, do you mean a voice that you talk to your pets with? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Or do you mean that you talk for them like in Frozen? I want to know both. So <laughs> to answer your question, yes. <laughs> of course. I actually, I, I don't have any pets. I grew up with pets. Okay. I had, we had cats and dogs and the whole thing. And as an adult, I have decided responsibility wise, kids are more than enough for me. <laughs> right? They are the most expensive pets. Uh, yes. They are. <laughs> and they they love pets and we we play with other family members pets and uh, we love animals uh, they want pets and i'm like grow up I'm evil. <laughs> it's my one it's the one evil dad thing that i do where i'm like you can grow up and get your own pets <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. whereas me every animal i see every dog i see in public i'm like oh is your puppy oh <laughs> my, yeah my wife just loves it do you think the dogs are like this guy again? <laughs> you know, they're nice to me. I'm, you know, I figure they're like, oh, look at that back. <laughs> that must be weird for them, though. Like that most people are like, here, boy, come here. Hey, hey. And every once in a while, you know, I don't know, 10% of us are like. Like, what is that? Yeah, that'd be me. Yeah, it might work though. It might hype them up. That would hype me up if someone did that to me. I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get all. I mean, I mean, oh, they're excited to see me. Right. <laughs> they're so happy. This is great. <laughs> they really like me. <laughs> I mean, that way they at least know you're talking to them, right? They like, like me. Know. They really, really like me. <laughs> so that's the theory. Everyone has like a work that they're obviously proud of. Um, they just. I, or that just they remember enjoying so much just doing in that moment mm -hmm. um, for reasons other than enabling people to not wear pants and make money. Um, what are you <laughs> most known for you think? Um, and, but, but actually more importantly, what did you enjoy most doing? Okay. Well, let's talk. Uh, well, first off what I'm most known for, um, I guess would be Torbjorn from Overwatch, mm -hmm. Hawk Moth, from a show called uh, yep. Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Yep. Um, I'm Vector the Crocodile in the Sonic the Hedgehog series. Uh, Hunk in the Resident Evil series. Uh, Hisoka on the series Hunter Hunter. Um, those are some of the ones I think that I'm most known for probably. I'm forgetting some. Uh, Reaper from Call of Duty. Uh, Black Ops. Okay. Um, but in terms of what was 
I mean, I have different things and I love different characters in different series for different reasons. Like Hunter Hunter, which I mentioned, the character Hisoka is one of my favorite characters of all time that I've played. Um, he's just so off the beaten path uh, in write, in terms of character and writing and everything. So I would come in for a session and, and literally never know what to expect with him. Uh, um, so that was a lot of fun. I worked on a, a series that I think, I think I will consider the most fun which was called Glitter Force, produced by Saban. It's on uh, Netflix now. Uh, they repurposed an older anime and, uh, and rewrote part of parts of it. But uh, uh, it was a real fun series. And it's one of the few series where they actually let me play. There's four main villains throughout the series. And they let me play the three male of the four villains. So I, I got to constantly argue with myself, which... <laughs> <laughs> which was so much fun. And not only that, it was, it, the sessions were, uh, we were encouraged to improv. Um, Mary Elizabeth <laughs> McGlynn directed and we, we were able to improv. I mean, they, not so much that it disturbs progress, but uh, they kept a, a high percentage of the things that not just myself, but lots of the actors, I can, I can just listen and tell things that were added in by the actors that are hilarious. And it's so, it's nice to, you can't always have that kind of creative input. You just can't. Yeah. Some series don't allow for that, period. Uh, this one really did, and, uh, and it was encouraged, and, and, and a lot of it was used. So to watch cool. and to have done, it was just a really fun, tongue-in-cheek like series that I did. So Great. Nice. And that'll never happen again. No one's ever going to say, you can be three <laughs> of the villains in the show. So. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be nice to have your own artistic expression, because that's, that's really what you live for. So that's, oh. that's cool. Oh man, I had a lot. And they were really fun. It's a very broad show too, in terms of the, the characters and stuff. And it's, it, the girls are very goody two shoes, you know, very happy puppies and sunshine. So the bad guys are, you know, like Ulrich is um, the way down here and he's very evil all the time, very aggressive and wants to take over and create bad things. And then Brutus not as smart as he is. Of course, he's a big ogre and he's like this. So he's the butt of a lot of the jokes, but he doesn't get it. And then there's Joker, and Joker's more the one who's in charge because he's the only one who has brains. I love it. Nice. And, and the back and forth with those guys is is phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. So I'm sure it's hard to keep track sometimes. Like who you're like uh, you you probably accidentally like start as you ever like accidentally start as like the Joker, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's right, I was doing this voice. Oh, we gotta reshoot <laughs> like kind of thing. Yeah, every once in a while that does happen. I um. Thank, thank God for references. Like I mean, yeah. when you go in for a session, because sometimes it, it can be as long as 10 years, which is unlike, un, uncommon, but it has happened between when they call you back and then say, like, I've done a series and then they rebooted a series like 10 years later. And you're like, wow. uh, do you got something for me to hear? Wow. Um, yeah, that would be. Um, but if you have a lot of sessions in a, even in a week or a month, you know, and you're, you're coming back once a month, sometimes... If you, I spent an hour a month ago on this character, uh, play me a little something, please. <laughs> right, be able to yeah. hear it back, yes. yeah. It's not uncommon. Maybe some people are better with that. I like to, the more far out the voice is, uh, further from my natural voice, less subtle, the more likely I am to remember it. But if it's a subtlety, you know, I'm less likely to, to have it right on the top of my head. Makes sense. Actually, it's funny, this topic, uh, the, the, I got this, it came up with uh, one of the interviews we did with Guy Sklanders um, when we uh, hosted his interview. Um, he did some just minor voice work for a Star Trek mod. And mm. uh, 
you know, I've even obviously had my voice recorded, a, you know, a number of times, but <laughs> I go back and I listen and I tend to be my own biggest critic. Do you find yourself criticizing your voice hard to listen to shows or hard to play a game just hearing your voice all the time or, or does it, do you actually enjoy it? I, you know, it, it, you know, it's funny. So if I'm watching a show or a game or something, generally speaking, uh, I can sit back and enjoy it. Now, I am critical in terms of my acting. So if I'm not happy with a, a line or, or a performance in general, or it's been a lot of years and I'm like, ooh, why did I make those choices? Those were terrible choices. Um, that can grate on me. But what I can't stand is uh, behind the camera talk. Nothing to do with the voiceover. But if I'm filming uh, the, the girls swimming or at a park and I'm like, honey, do this, say that. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We're all guilty of oh, that. Oh, I'm like, shut <laughs> up. I, it, it kills me. I hate to hear my own voice in that condition. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's weird, but for that, in a commercial, I'm like, hey, that's me. But behind the camera, I'm like, oh, just be a cameraman. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. I want to hear what they have to say. It's not about you. <laughs> So uh, I, ca I came from like a, a drama background a little bit. I was in some plays and yada, yada. Um, <laughs> I love I love yada, yada. Yada, yada is one of my yada. favorite oh, yeah. plays. <laughs> Great play. Great production. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played Sparky in the original production yada, of yada, yada. yada. Wow. Yeah, just off Broadway. Didn't even That's see off. No. <laughs> So, um, you know, obviously acting is a difficult skill to accomplish well. However, um, voice acting you, you know people don't usually see you do you think that in general you'd make a good actor um or do you feel that voice acting is just where it's at <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. no i for me voice acting is where it's at when i was younger i did i wanted to do on camera stuff and i kind of stumbled into voiceover um now 20 years into it i gotta say i have such respect for on-camera actors because I have not exercised those muscles. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, at all. I mean, all of it, uh, even just the memorization, like it's, that is unbelievable to me. So nowadays when you're doing like motion capture uh, and some actors are really, really good at that because they have an acting background, they have a theater background and they've, or they still do on-camera stuff. And so memorizing the whole thing, blocking everything, they're like, I got it, I got it. Me, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with that. I have no idea what my brain can still maintain at this point. So um, for me, voiceover is definitely where it's at. That dream has, for me, has long since passed. I don't feel like I, I didn't achieve a dream that I had. I literally am like, mm, you know what? No, I like this. So, path, yeah, that's great. I have, a, I have a ton of respect for people who do that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's a I mean, in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's more difficult. With voiceover, you have only your voice to relay everything. And when you're on camera, there's so much you can add, you know, with your face, with your body. There's so much more to, to, to bring it across. But, but there are plenty of things that are more difficult about it, too. There's more to worry about. I mean, I like focusing on just my voice. And it doesn't matter how I move. You know, even with mocap, um, you might do something kind of funky facially, like with facial cap, to get to that voice or to get to that character. But it may not work great with facial capture. They're like, you look like an idiot. <laughs> you, you sound great but you look like it and, and so for me i mean i'll do that stuff um 
but there's a point where it's it, it becomes acting acting and it and it's not it's no longer in my comfort zone so mm -hmm. interesting thank you okay so let's let's bounce off that answer into a question boing. i have for you yeah boing. so you talked about motion capture and, and doing all those things and so let's talk about your creative process and how you get to a voice of a character mm -hmm. um, and how you land on it do you need to read the script first or do you like to see a mock-up of the character or is it a combination of the two uh well you're putting me in an ideal world you get a, a sketch or some kind of image of the character because that speaks to me more than almost anything else okay um you do will usually get a brief description a couple of paragraphs about the character usually some very useless information <laughs> and some and some useful information they always have to spice it up with stuff that you're like that doesn't help me in any way that doesn't i don't know how to sound purple i don't need to know that part <laughs> um but uh but usually what you get is just a brief description hopefully you get an image i will read the description first actually you know it's, it's funny you just asked my process but sometimes the image will pop out first but either way if you look at the image first and that gives you an idea for voice then you have to read the description, which may then change your idea for the voice. You're like, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> and then I'll frequently go my own way with it also. OK. Um, just kind of go, you know what, let me throw all that out, uh, do my own thing, and then, and then go back. Because sometimes you're, you, you have a first inkling of an idea. And once you've read that and looked at the picture too much, you start to limit yourself. And I think if you can kind of do one read, like if you have a script, I'll do one read through of a page as me like nothing and just see if anything pops out and then you kind of go back to the picture you go to the description and um and see what that does and what that changes and sometimes it changes a lot and sometimes you carry a little bit of what you started with and you're glad you did it because you wouldn't have had that in the first place so okay awesome all right so i was looking and trying to count the number of jobs that you have done uh, but I lost track at 20, which uh, coincidentally is also the same number of fingers and toes that I have. But I digress. That is actually why I stopped at 20. Well, see, and I and I appreciated that because I got lost. It's not a coincidence at all. I just said, like, I'm sorry, so, I, I can't accept any more work. Tim will not be able to count these things. Right, right. So you have hundreds and hundreds of acting credits uh, to your name. Which to me, I look at that over the years and I go, this guy's been a busy, busy man. But somewhere along the line of all those hundreds and hundreds of jobs, there has to be the one. The one. The one that got away. You are the one. Oh, that got away. Yeah. Got the away. one that the job that you really wanted, but for whatever reason, you just didn't get. Can you think of one that that you're like, man, I really want this job. This is the one. And then huh. and then kind of piggyback to that what attracted you to that job uh, you know I don't want to disappoint you but here, here's the thing as an actor you you get far more rejection than you get anything else I mean you just do well, sure. naturally. you know if you're if you're auditioning for like every 25 auditions if you book one you're killing it you're rocking you're amazing yeah so um, right so there's a lot that we don't get and um, I'm very uh, like able to, I, I roll with the punches very well. First off, I don't, I don't get caught on any one gig too much because until it's, I'd say until it's recorded, you're not getting paid. 
And right. until, it, until it airs, you're not necessarily getting credit. True. So because the, the it may be canceled, the show, the commercial, whatever, it may not happen even after you've recorded it. I had done Overwatch and they were in beta testing for a year and a half, two years or something before it actually came out. And I knew the entire time that the whole project or just myself, just my character could be scrapped at any point. Right. Yeah. And yeah. You, just, you just live with that. So I find it very helpful to not get caught up on any audition like okay. this is i've got to get this i have to book this this is the one and not only that on the flip side even if i were hoping to get a lead in a particular show and then i got this interesting side character i tend to really enjoy the rungs on the ladder that i'm allotted in other words it's not it's not awesome. like a straight yeah. it's not like a straight race you know what i mean like i just got to get yeah. this, this 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 your career the fun thing about a voiceover career is that you never know where it's going to take you. You have no idea. And uh, if I had, I, I could have booked somebody other than Torbjorn and I think I would love that character equally, but this is what I have. This is what I got. And so you kind of just learn to love uh, the, the surprise of the whole thing. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I know that's not, I mean, I'd love to say here's no, no, that's, and I wish well, I got it. That's very, yeah. No, very it's a very, nice. it's a very good answer. I, I like it. It would kill so, me if I did that. I'd be like, ah! Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, the emotional. Yeah, uh, the emotional roller coaster, I think, would probably would be too be, much. That makes sense. To heart set on yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what I do have. I do have uh, like franchises that I love that I get excited to be able to work on. And I'm always looking forward to more, you know, things like, you know, Star Wars and Marvel yeah. stuff and um, Star Trek. Like, there's, like, I haven't done any Star Trek anything. And that would be really a cool thing just for me personally. To just have under my belt at some point. Sure. Um, I mean, sure, a lead would be great, but it doesn't matter. You know, just to be able to be like, I'm a tiny piece of that universe. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, if you were offered a, a Star Trek job, would it matter or not if that character was a Sith? <clears throat> uh, if it, were, it would matter a lot. <laughs> It would, it would be an incredible crossover event, exactly. and I'm sure it would suck, and the fans would hate it. <laughs> I would. I would know. I would know that they were going to hate this. Like, you never be able to show your face again at a con. <laughs> yeah, awesome. They don't need that crossover. Let's hope that. No, never, no. Never I'd like to keep those happens. two. I'd like to keep those two universes separate myself. They don't need each other. That's the thing. No. They don't, yeah. They're both very successful. Don't don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Their own rights. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in a completely <laughs> different direction, I noticed on Twitter that you were excited to get a copy of Bat Dance by the Purple One, <laughs> and uh, you got it on vinyl. So, as another vinyl collector, that okay. sparked some interest about your collection. Sure. So sure. we're gonna ignore the, the other guys on camera here. This is just right. me, vinyl collector to, to vinyl. What guys? What, what guys? Exactly. Where? There's there's nobody else. We're just talk to me, Tim. Talk to me. Okay. We're, we're putting our blinders on. Okay, so <laughs> it, it may be interested about your collection of vinyl. Okay. So how extensive is your collection and what are you listening to it on? Oh man, it's funny. Uh, so I used to collect back in the day, like uh, 20 years ago or 25 years ago. And uh, I kind of got out of it and sold a bunch of stuff that I never should have. And then about four or five years ago, got back into it, of course, and repurchased a bunch of stuff. I'm still right. doing it. Um, so my, my buddy who uh, is an avid collector, 
I don't even know what turntable he gave me. It works great. It's an old classic. It's not, it's nothing new. It's not like a new cool. technique, something or other. Yeah. I don't even know. Same with the speakers. I'm just like, they work great for now. He gave me some classic stuff. It, nice. It, but in terms of my collection, I collect very specifically all Prince and Prince related artists on vinyl only. Okay. Um, and I have somewhere over a thousand, I don't know how many, somewhere a thousand, 1300, you know, 1500 records, something like that. And, uh, and I collect everything. So uh, you're talking about, you know, promotional records, um, test pressings, um, you know, vinyl from all over the world, whether it's from Japan or Australia, anything that, even if the only difference on the album is that it says made in Canada, I've got to have a copy of that in near sure. okay. better condition. So. so when you say Prince related, do you mean artists that were tied to Prince, like, you know, Morris Day in the Time, yep. Kevin Campbell, guys mm -hmm. like that? Sheila E, anything, yeah. any song, any song that he ever wrote. So if you, you know, obvious one, like Sinead O'Connor, sure. nothing compares to you. Like uh, I have that single Manic Monday. I have it from lots of different countries. So okay, uh, cool. anything, those, the more well-known ones, the lesser known ones. And all right. Well, that yeah. leads me into my next question for you uh -oh. because, well, no, that it was a perfect setup and you didn't even know it. So kudos to uh -oh. you. You get like, oh, a, uh -oh. you get go. like a gold star of the interview. So what? I know, right? I'll so take it. for every collector, there's a, what they're there. They have a gem in their in their in their pile that if they talk to anybody about their vinyl collection they go you're never going to believe what i found so for me mm -hmm. that is an original release of the beatles sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band you... with the wow. uh, cutout poster still intact inside of the album i found it a, at a uh, a thrift shop and i about uh, peed myself right then and there um <laughs> I'm a huge Beatles fan. I've been wow. a Beatles fan since I was like 12 years old. That's awesome. Um, so that's mine. When I, whenever I talk to somebody about my vinyl collection, they're like, hey, what's your favorite that's album? I'm like, in, I'm like, it's this one. It's this one right here. Look how cool this is. Um, that's, that's pretty awesome. So yeah, the, so that's mine. What's okay. your hidden gem? Um, okay. Uh, there are lots that I'm still, you know, that are still, you know, golden uh, things to achieve. But one of the cooler items that I have that I like uh, just because the little story behind it. It's an artist named Mika Paris. And uh, she covered one of Prince's songs called If I Love You Tonight. And what happened was in the UK, they pressed up about 200 promotional DJ, just DJ promo albums, oh, yeah. these uh, 12 inches with, with like six different versions of the song. And nobody knows, there's, nobody knows for sure how this happened. But somehow, one of the tracks on that vinyl is actually Prince's demo of the song with Prince singing. Oh, wow. And this was, this was a song he had never released. Now, it's, it's not remastered. It sounds like a demo on the vinyl. So very uh, rough. It's very rough. You can totally hear it. You know it's him. Um, and that was released, and it was given out to, like a, they, they say two, maybe two to 500 of these were made or something like that. No one's exactly sure. The company realized the error of their ways. Uh, they contacted all the DJs and they, rumor is they got all but somewhere between 50 and 100 of them back. So there's oh, 50 wow. or 200 of these things floating around. It's, it's not a, um, it's worth some money. It's not like the Black <laughs> Album. It's not, it's not like that thing that's right. worth like a, a ton, ton of money, but it's, you know, it's worth from like 400 to $1,000. But um, but it's a very, very cool piece just because of that story. I mean, that's, that, there's no that's other awesome. example of that happening that I yeah. know of. 
with with prints at least. So yeah, but to a collector, that's a priceless item. Doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what the, doesn't matter what the monetary value yeah. is. Exactly, exactly. It's a very very cool thing. So uh, and so awesome. you and so that's that's one that you have. Then that's awesome. I do have a copy of that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, well done, you. Sci-fi forever. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and there's, Tim. A, there's a robot on the cover. There's not a robot. On oh. the <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I was looking through your tweets too. And I saw you, you know, you're a family man. And now when my kids are growing up, uh, of course, motivating them to, to do the things that you need to have kids do, whether it's like, you know, picking, plow the fields, clean. Yeah, what, yeah, wait a minute. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> yeah, the time Wash the car. Right. Yeah. No, but whatever, the, whatever it is. Um, so I just wondered if you if your voice talents come into uh, to help out sometimes to get your kids motivated to do stuff. Do you ever try to make use of that to try to you know make it more fun? I all the time, constantly. <laughs> I mean that's that's what it's for. It's for making it more fun. Um, I think if it's a if they're not, I don't use it when they're upset. It doesn't help. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine you trying to comfort a child in Torbjorn's voice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. okay. <laughs> 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 Hello. No. Um, it, it, it very much comes in handy for story time, of course. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, too, along with that, um, I, I was trying to imagine, you know, how do you explain to your kids what you do? You know, daddy talks silly and people pay him money. You know, how do you explain your job to your kids? Or is, of course, when you're growing up, everybody is that they think everybody's dad does that. Uh, I, <laughs> that's funny. Um, they, I'm really lucky. See, my my son, I uh, started my career. Well, he was well, he was pretty young too. So my son, who's now 23, was never impressed. Never. I don't mean with anything in life. I just no. mean with with voiceover. Like it was like whatever. <laughs> the best I ever got from him the best this is this is the pinnacle of my career for him is right i went to go pick him up from school and he was hanging out with two other kids and he goes hey dad dad what's that one uh what's that one character you did in the in the like uh the zombie game thing yeah uh hunk from resident evil oh yeah yeah hunk from resident evil <laughs> <laughs> That was the ultimate. Got you that, some credit there. I slept like a baby that night because that was the best I've ever gotten from him. Like <laughs> my boy's so proud of me. Now, granted, I didn't hear the conversation before I got there, and it could have been, guys. My dad's a total dork. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in this. Oh, hey, dad. What's that one game? So I don't know how it started. You know? right. Nah, <laughs> no, nah, just finish on the high side. It was all good. Yeah, finish my, on the high side. Finish on the high totally. side. I'm going to take it as, as a compliment. Take it and it's the a girls, my girls, uh, they love it. They appreciate it. They actually like a lot of the shows. I'm very lucky because a lot of the shows, they actually, like, I don't, I'll, I might bring something to them and they're not going to like it just because I'm in it. They're going to like it because they right. like it. And mm -hmm. if they like it and I'm in it, it's a great, it's a bonus for them. They dig yeah. that. Uh, and luckily a bunch of the shows, they've had a lot of shows that they got into at least for a short while or a long while, um, that were shows that I worked on. So they think it's cool. Even my five-year-old gets it. She'll ask me if that's me when she's watching something, she can pick me out and all the, you know, in most things. 
that are age appropriate, of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm sure, sure they could pick me out in that other stuff too, but they're just not going to get the opportunity. Fair Great. enough. <laughs> well, that's great. And I, and I was thinking too, because I, I was looking back at some of your earlier interviews and the things that were written up about you, and you gave this experience in the one about when you were a kid, you know, taking the, the old cassette recorder and doing the voiceovers for Betamax movies. So I remember those days. I'm, I'm just a little bit older than you. But uh, <clears throat> that made me think about, you know, going back in my own childhood and, and thinking about some of the classic animated stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, and if, if uh, as a voice actor, if you could pick like one role for all time that would have been a blast or you think would have been uh, awesome to do, that, uh, that you would have loved to have done? What would that be? I would have loved to have done. Well, I got to do, I mean, some of them I've gotten to do, strangely. Right, yeah, I mean. Like, I, like I'm a big fan of Lupin the Third, uh, for example, and I, I, I watched a lot of Lupin anime, and uh, uh, Tony Oliver, who voices, currently voices Lupin, he's had about five different voices throughout uh, his career as a character, um, is fantastic, but they did these films that were a little edgier, a little more adult just for these films. And so they wanted a different voice. And so I've done three uh, to date now of these films as a character that I like loved and never thought I would oh, get cool. the, the chance that's, to voice. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I said, I'm, I'm a big uh, Marvel fan. My favorite Marvel character is Daredevil. So I would love to be able to voice Daredevil at some point. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Hopefully I would be a good fit, but I mean, I, um, but I would love that. That would be something that would be fantastic. But yeah. I, have, I have found with voiceover, the best characters to play are the ones that don't exist. That you and, make and I say, and I say that because not in, not, I don't even mean it in a, in a creative artsy way. You can go down that road too. But in terms of, if I said to you, I got to play the Joker, what an iconic role. That's so yep. great. You guys would go, that's awesome. Mark Hamill's better. Um, or whatever, whatever your opinion happened to be. Uh, but yeah, I would that'd be, be a tough measuring. Stick. I would be one of 150 people who have played the Joker, which is a great thing to be. And I am not in the slightest knocking that. But how cool is it? Tom Kenny gets to say, I'm SpongeBob SquarePants. And you don't go, oh, which version are you? Which right. one are you? Right, right. He's SpongeBob SquarePants. I sure. mean, yeah. worldwide, I mean, obviously there's some other languages, but I mean, he's known as that. So that's something that before the show would have meant nothing. The character didn't exist. No one cared about it. No one knew about it. And now it's a household name. That's the kind of character that to me, I, that I'm always striving for. And we get some, you know, Torbs is like that. You know, this is, Torbjorn was not a character before. Yep. Right. Uh, it's, it's not at the level of, of SpongeBob, but when I fantasize about roles, there's two ways. There's, wouldn't it be fun if I got to, that would be a real kick in the pants for me. I would love that. That'd be great. Like Daredevil or whoever, or, or a Star Wars character or something. Um, but better for your career and better for longevity is to be the voice, the voice of whoever, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. For sure. Um, and I had a, a, another thing I was thinking about because our, our <coughs> Facebook group that we, uh, that was kind of the basis for this podcast is uh, called Funny Science Fiction. So uh, we're all about funny and fun. And I know you do a lot of villains. So it gave me the idea, you know, which is more challenging, a, a funny voice or being funny or being a villain? More challenging. Um, I, think, I think probably being funny, I think is, is more challenging. Um, I mean, hopefully, you have a little bit of natural 
you have some comedy chops to start makes it a bit easier to do comedy but i mean when you're doing comedy you're you're very specifically looking for a reaction you want the audience to at minimum be pleased if not to laugh out loud and, and enjoy it um uh when you're when you're playing a villain and even if you're doing anything scary you have time for that to build um you have the, the suspense the music you have everything to help that build and plus there's different kinds of villains there's villains that just kind of are over the top there are ones that are overtly scary there are ones that are kind of quiet and suspenseful and they let the plot scare you like what their their actions are what are so scary so i mean i, I don't think there's the same pressure on like you need to hit this joke and this joke needs to land right here yeah. on this line and then it needs to land on the next line and then you then you're setting up for somebody else and then the next line you got to bring it home so i think there's a little more pressure with like you know do it right <laughs> it's got to be yeah. this way yeah. or it's not funny yeah sense. when funny goes wrong it it just it dies <laughs> right Right, right, right. And it, it's hard. I mean, not that every villain you play would be, you know, Oscar worthy or Emmy worthy, no. but I mean, it, uh, I think it's easier to not fall flat on your face do playing a villain or playing anything right. serious as opposed to comedy. Yeah, well, great. You know, and that's why uh, my, my wife and I kind of like grew up with the Muppets and even in, as adults, we enjoy the Muppets and they had such great voice work for those and yes. of course puppeteering. And uh, and I always admire the fact that they can be so consistently funny uh, with what they do. And I just a shout out to the. <laughs> do you ever yes. want to do a Muppet? <laughs> well, I don't know that I'd ever get the opportunity because those are right. usually uh, puppeteers who are doing the voices. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd love to work on something like Muppet Babies or something like that. Oh. An animated series would be fantastic. I'm a huge fan of the Muppets, so yeah, so yeah that would be that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would, I, that I would be that. a huge one to be able to do that and i'd have to buy that muppet toy yeah <laughs> display it behind me absolutely be very important yeah so here's i had thought of a little activity for us and if you're game you know you can always say no if you no no okay <laughs> Joe's over. Well, it was nice meeting everybody All right, was go. it? thanks guys thanks a lot awesome. i'm gonna go get my coffee nick you've been great there's something <laughs> Nick's our shadow mage in the background. He's our, yeah. our sound guy. <laughs> oh, there's something kind of been bothering me a long time. Uh, you're the guy to solve this problem. I really okay. think you are. You know, uh, we have that big Facebook group and we're bombarded by hundreds of funny memes every week. And sure. most of the memes are, of course, since we're sci-fi, we get Picard and, and Data and Vader and Obi-Wan. We all know what they sound like. So that got me thinking, you know, there are some mainstream memes without a voice. I'm mm -hmm. thinking like Philosoraptor, uh, uh, Irmigurad uh, Girl, and Grumpy Cat, Good Guy Greg. What would they sound like if they could talk? And I thought, well, we give you that opportunity to establish the voices for some of these memes. Would you like to do that? I, I think we have to. I think we have to. Memes are, I, memes are great, but they've kind of evaded me like i'm like i'm like memes what my daughter's always like look at this meme look at this meme yeah. and, I, and i'm the guy that's like well i mean if i see one and it's funny cool but then there's you get deep so some of these may be very deep and i'll be like what does this mean right so let's bring up, <laughs> let's bring up speaking of deep let's bring up philosopher first uh which is uh there you go and there he is so i don't can you see that okay <laughs> i can it's a philosopher i get this well, one sure yeah 
So he's, uh, this is a popular meme that he's always making some deep statement. So now I want to have a voice to go with him when I read his meme. Okay, sure. Put you on the spot here. Okay? All right, let's go for it, sure. <laughs> Am I a nerd for liking Star Wars? <laughs> Or do I like Star Wars because I'm a nerd? Awesome. <laughs> My day is a win, part two, right there. Yes. Okay. Now, now every time I see one of those, I'll have a voice to go now with. Now you'll know. Now you'll know. Exactly. We'll all know. I was I was trying not to laugh, and I didn't want to I didn't want to go over that because that was just so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. I lost it. Well done. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Then, uh, nice. Go Philosopher. All right. Now, Grumpy Cat, he, you know, he's <laughs> real popular too. And uh, go ahead with, uh, we'll give you a minute to prep. We can do whatever it takes. Hmm. You can see that one. Watched reruns of Star Trek The Next Generation. Still disappointed that Wesley Crusher didn't get killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I had to put a little bit of indifference because it's a cat. Yeah. So, yeah. No, like, completely appropriate. I, I feel like they can only be they can be grumpy, but only so grumpy because then they're too invested. They're cats. Exactly. No. <laughs> they're cats. So yeah. true. Let's go. All right. What's, here? What's the next one, Nick? Pull up. Good guy, Good guy Greg. Greg. Yeah. There you go. I can't see. This is one where the image is so important here. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, I found a I found a wounded red shirt during an away mission. I gave him my hoodie to hide his shirt till he beamed him up. Hey, I'm a good guy, right? Hey. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, go me another beer. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, yeah. He's the guy we all Well done, sir. Yeah, I can't that the picture is everything. It <laughs> yes, is. It is. And then uh do one more here. Do these guys get recognized on the street? Are they like, oh, oh they, my do. God, they, do. they do. They do. They do. Even Velociraptor? Yeah, right. <laughs> and along with good guy Greg, his counterpart is scumbag Steve, that's so popular. Um, go ahead and enlarge that if you would, Nick. <laughs> and I, I, wrote, I wrote this meme because I didn't find a good sci fi meme for him or a pop, 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 pop culture one. Okay. This guy's this guy's a younger younger dude. Hey, my name's Steve. I own a chocolate factory. I'll sell you a golden ticket for a million dollars, and you take an Oompa off my hands. Hey, I just raided my mom's closet. Do I look okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go outside now. I'll see you guys later. I'm just kind of a scumbag. I'm gonna go kick the neighbor's butt. <laughs> yeah. We want to thank you. This has been a blast. Uh, we want to encourage everyone to check out. Uh, Keith's work. Keith, where can people go to uh, check out more voices from you or for or book your talent? This is uh, we want you to have an opportunity here to uh, to pitch whatever you think is great. For sure. Well, if, you, if you're looking for contact information for agents and such, uh, my website is just keithsilverstein.com. Uh, you can visit me on Twitter at SilverTalkie, T-A-L-K-I-E, uh, Keith Silverstein straightforward on Instagram and every once in a while I make a visit to Facebook and uh, that's Keith Silverstein voice artist on Facebook. All right. Great. And we'll list those in the, uh, in the notes of this podcast. Also, uh, the other thing is I want to mention 
because this is kind of something that's becoming more popular. Uh, we want people to check out your cameo. And so that oh, they yes, can, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of how we found you. We were looking through some of the cameo artists and thought, wow, this guy would be great to have on our podcast. So um, that that way you can send love to your family from uh, Torborn, Ziggy, yeah. or many of the other voices that that Keith does. And yeah. Let's let's face it. Nobody's gonna cameo to hear Ziggy the rapping zebrasaurus. Oh, oh, me. Well, I don't never know. You know. I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I listen. I'm happy for that to happen, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think it will. Um, but yeah, if you're not aware of Cameo, Cameo is a website where um, basically you can ask me to send you a, a video with your favorite character in it, or what have you, or giving you a birthday greeting, or a congratulations, or just saying hi. Um, and, uh, and I'll respond to you within like four days. And that's basically how that works. You can get a little video of me saying hi to you. Um, don't script it for me. I did have one guy that was like, I want this character to say this and then this <laughs> character. And I'm like, so you can animate it. I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. No, no, you're not getting free animation from that. Right, exactly. Awesome. It wouldn't be free, but it would be really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> For a voiceover session, so yeah, yeah. Cameo is a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun uh, getting to Good. interact with the fans through Cameo as well. So yeah, right. it's, it's an awesome resource. We're going to, uh, we think that uh, one of the things we want to do on our podcast when we get artists that are on Cameo, we want we want to pitch that a little bit because I think our uh, our funny science fiction group would really enjoy uh, having and sending those to their friends. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, we want to reach yeah. out to any of our, our listeners or watchers that uh, if, if you would like, we'd love to hear your voices for your favorite animation or your favorite character. And if you want to post your uh, recording in our, in our Funny Science Fiction Facebook group, uh, you might come up with a reward if we get, you know, somebody gets the most likes for their thing. That would be a fun little contest to have. So, Keith, it was excellent having you. Thank you for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening or watching. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. If you've enjoyed our podcast, why not come join our Funny Science Fiction Facebook group too? It's filled with giggle-worthy memes and gags. Visit our website, www.funnysci-fi.com. That's F-U-N-N-Y-S-C-I-F-I.com. You can also support us on Patreon, where you can get transcripts, bonus episodes, and other fun merch. That's at patreon.com slash F-U-N-N-Y-S-E-I-F-I. Look for links in the podcast description. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.